Welcome to Blueprint for California Advocates, where we envision a world where communities have more political power than corporations. My name is Christina Boss Hamilton. I am the founder of KBH Advocacy based in Sacramento. And my goal is to help you become a more successful and effective advocate on behalf of your communities so that you can win the resources and policies that you need to build just sustainable communities. Hello, Mr. Ludovic Blaine. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled to have you on, and I'd love for you to take a moment to introduce yourself and the uh, California donor, donor Table. Sure. So I'm Ludovic Blaine. I'm the director of the California Donor Table. The Donor Table has been around about 15 years. Our goal is to build a more progressive California by investing in and around progressive communities of color across the state and at the state level. We've been investing across tax statuses from nonpartisan to partisan activities, money directly to candidates and to independent expenditures. I've been on board about a dozen of the years. I was the first full-time staff person it's been a wonderful and wild ride working with the set of donors who want to be investing in those communities of color and working with those organizations to build up their capacity to win, to win over time, to win consistently, and to be resilient to survive when they lose in order to win more in the future. I'm happy to be on with you. Thank you. And you did a lot in San Diego and Orange County and the Inland Empire so far, right, in terms of changing the composition of those boards and such. Yeah. So we started off biting off what we could chew. It's funny in California, that means regions that only total 10 million people, which is together the size of Georgia. But so we started off by focusing just on San Diego County, Orange County, and the Inland Empire, which is San Bernardino and Riverside, where based on a variety of different analyses, whether you looked at candidate outcomes or initiative outcomes, the actual electorate had the biggest gaps in the state between the actual electorate and what the potential electorate would be and how they would vote on both initiatives and candidate races. So we started off aligning foundations and individual donors to give a mix of different kinds of money in those regions directly to groups of color to start to build the capacity to win and the capacity to progressively govern. The place, while everyone is familiar with the congressional outcomes in Orange County, where they won the Democrats won every Democrat, every congressional seat in 2018. Even though they lost a couple in 2020, if you had said in 2010 that it was terrible that the Democrats would only be holding 80% of the congressional seats in Orange County in 2020, people would have laughed. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, we're holding, right, we're complaining right. that we went from 100% to 80%, <laughs> right? So like- That's we'll very good perspective, thank you. Because I right. tend to fall into the world's falling apart. Right, it's, it's, yeah. the scale is important. And in a place like San Diego, more on the local level, they went from uh, four to one Republican into the right of Republican border supervisor split up to 2019. And in the races in 2020, they were able to win uh, a three, two split with three progressive Democrats, including two women and one of them a person of color that now the San Diego Board of Supervisors is certainly one of the most progressive Board of Supervisors in the state, which is, again, had you said that 10 years ago to say right. the right. San Diego Board of Supervisors is going to be more progressive than the Alameda County Board of Supervisors, right. they would have said, are you the same person who's saying the crazy stuff about Orange County? <laughs> this guy needs to <laughs> go I heard about take you. a break. <laughs> right, right. I heard about you. You need, you need a vacation. <laughs> so those regions have moved uh, mountains, delivered congressional majorities nationally, delivered robust progressive policy change at the 
state and local and and then help to raise the floor in California for what the worst managed parts of the state were. And so we're really happy to have played a key role in funding that and identifying the people and the groups that could actually do that work. Congratulations, first off, because those type of wins tend to be glossed over. You know, we, we tend to only hear about the like really one big two races that is like generating press attention versus recognizing how many other things happen. Like, you know, after Virginia, everyone's like, the world is ending. And don't get me wrong, I'm one of those people. <laughs> but the downslate races that did actually succeed. And my personal feeling is like those activists that make those races succeed, they're like the unsung heroes, right? Absolutely. And and the fact that you target them that to to try to empower and raise them even further it is just I love it, love it. It it takes a while. So thank you. And it takes a while, and it takes what we would describe as patient capital, patient and forgiving. The first thing is the forgiving part is not just of the groups and the candidates because a lot of times they'll lose the first time. Mm. You, the first time you don't know what you're doing, so you probably will lose. And if you won, that doesn't. That doesn't mean you did the right things. And if you did the right things, doesn't mean that you know what the right things are. You might right, just randomly right. done the right thing, but it takes a while. So whether it's Virginia, where actually I noticed on Facebook that it was two years ago that Virginia had taken over both houses, Democrats. That's right. Mm -hmm. So winning is not linear. And once you win, it doesn't mean you're going to keep winning. Oh my gosh. I'm going to put that. I'm going to engrave that. Somewhere. Right. And, and it's also true when you're losing, it doesn't mean that you're going to keep losing. So the way to Democrats winning in Orange County on the presidential race for the first time in a generation in 2016, and then winning all the House seats in 2018, and then losing a couple of them in 2020, that had a bunch of wins and losses before 2016 that got it to the point where that could happen in 2016 and then 2018. So I appreciate our core and founding donors who have stuck with us now we pick some of the most challenging places in the state and in the country. San Diego, right. it's, it's not just that San Diego and Orange County were some of the most conservative places in the state. They were some of the most conservative places in the country. Wow. The right-wing movement who left Orange County and went to Colorado started up a whole other right-wing movement in, yeah. our, in, in another state. Right, <laughs> so, right. right. So, it can't be discounted how profound that was, right? Right, how profound that change was. And so... It required investing in folks um, and the donors being forgiving, not just of the groups for losing, but actually the donors had not been giving up until they decided to give. So the, the reason that the groups had not been doing work at scale wasn't just or primarily because they didn't have the vision for that. They actually didn't have the money and they didn't have mm. the because that money wasn't available. It's not that mm -hmm. they were doing a bad job of fundraising for it, mm -hmm. that had they been fundraising for it, the answer would have been no, and the answer mm -hmm. wasn't. So, so the donors had to had to be and were humble that they had been complicit in the underperformance of these regions mm. because they were not investing there. They were just doubling, right. tripling, quadrupling, right. say, doubling down in Oakland, San Francisco, and LA. Right, right. right. Leaving whatever thirty million voters out out in the cold. And once we stopped doing that, then we could see these amazing outcomes around the state, including in inland California. What we've been able to show donors is when you lose, you have to keep trying. When you win, you also have to keep trying. Pretty much you have to keep trying. And you know, the that the the Republicans we weren't able to beat, we have to keep trying. 
there are Dems that won in 18 that lost in 2020. That's true. Our lessons from the, the last the last time California was the pathway to Democrat majority status, which was 2012, when it went through San Diego and the Inland Empire, we have to remind donors that, yeah, there that would be the first time that you'd have so many Dems in the Inland Empire. Mm. Um, it could happen, and it did. They won two races in 12, and then a third race in 2014. And then you have to find at least for one more cycle to sustain the gains. That's right. Um, and the best way to do that is not to rush in with money at the end of the cycle and give it to the candidate. It's actually to fund the base building groups along the way so that they can undercut backlashes, whether That's they're right. real or kind of right. Republican right-wing constructed, that right. we're actually changing power relationships. So the outcome of those getting the transactional money around those Inland Empire congressional races in 2012 and 2014 was that the, the first time that in the state legislature, a progressive beat a moderate in a general since top two happened in the state, in the Inland Empire in 2016, mm -hmm. Eloise Gomez-Reyes beat Cheryl mm. Brown. That's right. And in that case, Cheryl Brown was an incumbent. But a, a progressive had never beat Ahmad, even in a, even with none of them being incumbents. And in that case, so you would not have imagined that the first time a progressive beats Ahmad in the state after top two would be the Inland Empire. <laughs> but that was the intended um, consequence of focusing the transition, the transactional investments to win Congress in the Inland Empire and stretching them out over time. So it wasn't just about Congress and telling folks, actually, we need to be building their power. Mm -hmm. so one way that they built the power was to the benefit of the whole state. They took out one of the worst moderate Democrats and replaced them with a progressive Democrat. And it really shouldn't be the legislator from the highest concentration of Amazon warehouses holds Amazon accountable. I mean, it, it or it should be that way. It should be, right, right, should right. Be, right. And it is, but right. that doesn't come for free. Right, <laughs> right. Like, that comes and, from power building. That's exactly right. I was just going to say the concept of building power in communities that are marginalized, that no one's ever invested in, that have just languished. That is where you and I unite, my friend. And let's talk about the organizations that are doing the work, right? Number one feedback that I get is I don't, we don't have the funding. We don't, we're not set up for this. We want to, or we have funding, but we don't have enough. It's always a resources question. And I think you play somewhat of a, a very unique role in that you are tapped into folks who want to fund good stuff, right? Yeah. So I, I love it. We need, you know, way more of that for sure. I could go off on that forever. I feel like a lot of people think we have it great in California and they send their money out of state. Right. <laughs> very frustrating. So if I'm an organization... What should I be doing to become or be more visible? Basically, like I'm doing good work on the ground. My organization is, what should we do to become visible and recognized for what we're doing so that we may actually come to the attention of some funders? Right. So I'd say uh, first, if for us specifically over time, we have, we had a very limited scope. And in those regions, like I think I met with 70 or 80 groups in San Diego. So when we would enter a region, we would actually meet with most of the groups. Most of the groups said that we had met more groups than they met <laughs> in the same Wow, region, okay. Even though I was flying from the Bay to San Diego. <laughs> They're like, I'm sorry, who did you meet with? 
can you introduce me to them? <laughs> like, <laughs> let's talk with them? You have actually met her. Okay, fine. Tell me what they're they're thinking. So so we are pretty, but there's you know, but California is huge. So as we roll out region after region, uh, we're new in many regions. So a few things. First, I'd say there are some places in California that are still solid, solidly Republican run, and in those places you're not going to hold the Republicans accountable. They're actually not accountable to progressive groups. In those places, you're not going to see three accountable your way out mm. of bad governance to progressive governance. Mm -hmm. Because those Republicans are not selling out. They actually believe in what they believe in as much as we believe in what we believe in. Right, right. And you're not, while you may beat them every now and then in terms of a policy thing, most of the time they're going to be doing bad things even if you get them to do one good thing. So in those right. places, we really need, I don't know, regime change, which requires C3 work, but it's mostly not C3 work. And then in the other places, in too many places in California, we have like moderate democratic purgatory, where sure the Democrats have beat the Republicans and those Democrats are better than the Republicans, but they're not good enough. They're really serving the realtors or oil or the cops or any number of different special interests, mostly corporate interests. And so, in those cases as well, we need to be C3 holding folks accountable in the C3 space, but we actually need to have more, more infrastructure than just C3 infrastructure, because sometimes it's going to take either replacing them if they're not good enough, or it's going to take supporting them from other people's partisan attacks mm. if they are good enough. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So with that being said, I think a lot of C3s need to think about, obviously, from foundations. Foundations can only give C3, and a few can give C4 primary purpose money. From foundations, I think you want to be asking them to give you C4 primary purpose. Why not? That requires you to have a C4. Thinking through, unless you're too big for this to work, whether you in your C3, you take your 501H election so that you can allocate some of your C3 funds over to a C4 activities is a significant step for groups that are pretty large. Actually, for, for most groups that are not super large, doing your 501H is the right thing. If you're actually very big, sometimes not doing your 501H and just allocating your percentage is more than what you could do with a 501H. Anyway, if you don't know what I'm talking about, about a 501H, Google it and speak to an attorney or speak to an advocate, speak to Christina, figure it out. So that's the first step. Second, for all the groups that have individual donors that are giving you C3 money, donors either trust you or they don't trust you. And so if, they, if they're giving you C3 money, then they trust you. Those same donors, if they're middle, medium or bigger donors, they're probably also giving political donations, mm. uh, not to you. Mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. but they trust you and maybe even they love you and they respect you so talk with them about whether they would be willing to either give you additional funds on the c4 and partisan sides or actually whether they might switch their c3 funds to harder money to you now on the one hand that freaks out a lot of groups because that means you're getting less c3 money Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if you elected one better city council member, you would mm. need three money. Oh my goodness. You have to, that would be one less, you would just have meetings with them to, they would sit in your strategy meetings right. To, right. to figure out how to move the other city council members rather than right. you got no city council members in your meeting and you're strategizing to move all of them. Mm -hmm. So, um, so very often, so C4 money always goes farther than C3 money. And I'll be super provocative, partially because I'm from the Bronx. Um, even if that donor says, well, the C3 money is tax deductibles. And if I give you C4 money, that's not tax deductible. 
So I don't want to give you the same amount C4 as I would C3 because I I'm paying taxes on the C4 money. Actually, them giving you 70 or 80% of their C3 money for C4, so they take out their taxes on the front end before giving, $70 C4 is worth more than $100 C3. Mm. especially in a place like California where we have lots and lots of foundations. So, mm -hmm. so you should be able to get, figure out how to get the foundation money. Only individual donors and labor can give you the hard money. So, so we should be asking individual donors to give the hardest money that they can give mm -hmm. for the wealthiest, wealthiest of folks. They don't need the tax deductions, but for the folks that do want their tax deduction, okay, tell them to take out whatever percentage. Right. Right. It's paying. worth that. It's worth it's them worth giving that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so follow-up, I'm in the community doing work. I have no idea where to find a funder and talk to them. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so that is a challenge. People can do things like, okay, well, first, in order to do progressive partisan stuff, you need to have a real clear understanding of what the dynamics are in your, whatever your jurisdiction, whatever body you're looking at, the water board, the mm -hmm. city council board of supervisors, whatever. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. what are the moneyed, moneyed interests that are, involved and who are the moneyed interest on the other side of you mm -hmm. uh, and have a sense of not just the nonpartisan funds that they're expending, but the mm -hmm. partisan funds that they're expending. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the way to think of it that if you're just doing either nonpartisan or partisan, just doing one of them, and you're not part of a team that's ensuring that somebody's doing all of it. So if your side only has people on one part of the field, then you're playing checkers. And then the other side, if they're playing on multiple levels, they're playing chess. And so you would have to be really good at checkers to beat somebody who has chess pieces <laughs> on the same board. So with that being said, then thinking, so one is understanding what the dynamics are. And then second, when you can start to conceptualize what a plan would be, thinking through, well, who are the big donors in your jurisdiction? Who are the donors that give to progressive candidates in mm -hmm. your jurisdiction? Mm -hmm. who, are the, who are the donors who gave to progressive candidates? National candidate, kind of like you said, a lot of donors are told that because most of California is super duper, uber, whooper, yeah. Yeah. Um, that everything's fine here and they should yeah. give. Yeah. So look at the donors who gave to Stacey Abrams or Keith Ellison or Barbara Lee or Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez or any number of different folks, especially out of state. And, the, and then you, what the work you're doing is actually aligned with that here in this state. So mm -hmm. you do have a, it does pass the laugh test to, to talk with them about your potential independent expenditures using their hard money. So, right. Cause so you have to show a path. Part. You have a path to victory and you need to show them your path. Right. 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 And if you're where we say you are, it will be, a, you will need more than one election to do it. <laughs> so then what we're talking about is a multi-cycle path where you're like, well, we're going to do this water board and this school board and this other thing, both because those jurisdictions are important, but all of them are in this one board of supervisors district. Mm -hmm. And that person is strong, but getting close to retirement. So what we want to have them happen is to think, oh, my opponents are winning in all these local races around me. And mm -hmm. I think about how long I want to be here is partially depending on how many hard races I have to run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so do I really want to run again or do I want to stay at home with my spouse and <laughs> got to chill out, right? So sometimes the best way to beat them is that they don't, most of the time you have to beat them. Uh, but sometimes yeah. they sometimes. just, yeah. Well, I feel like what you're saying is it's the chess concept, right? And if if you anybody, right? Again, we're we're talking to grassroots here. Folks are in the community doing hard work. They may not have had an internship at the White House. They don't have a freaking clue how this 
right. contributions and independent expenditures. I often say, find out your central labor council mm -hmm. and go partner with them because those folks are trained in this stuff. How else do folks find out how this works? Yeah, so, so that's one way or, you know, many labor councils are great. Not all of them are, but figure out, well, what are the good parts of labor in your jurisdiction and, mm -hmm. and talk with them? They'll have a slightly different structure because it's labor, but they'll be able to tell you a lot of the specific frameworks. It might be talk to the Planned Parenthood. They have a, they have a bunch of different corporate entities that include political entities. An LGBT center might have that. Some of the environmental groups might have that. We've been building, we've been supporting the construction of C3, C, uh, nonpartisan and partisan, C3 and C4, staffed table. So st full-time staffed civic engagement and power building collaborations across tax statuses in San Diego, Orange, Inland Empire, Central Valley, Contra Costa. Then there are also those in San Jose, Oakland, and San Francisco. There's another one that covers most of the Bay. And then we're working on building one in LA. So if you're in any of those regions, there is a staff per, is a person whose group is comprised of groups like yours, whose job it is to help groups like yours build power collectively. Now I'll just say, you ain't going to win by yourself. So sorry, I got bad news. You're not good enough to win by yourself. You're not going to get enough money to win by yourself. And you wouldn't know what to do if you won by yourself. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the bringer of bad news. So just sit with that. But it's okay because there's a bunch of people just like you. And together, you could win together. You could be at scale together. You could get enough money to win together. Together, you might actually know what the mayor should do every day, not just on the quarter about your issues, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so just like the chamber aggregates all the business interests, and they don't just ask any elected official to just do like one thing. Right. They say, we have opinions on almost everything you do every day. Right, right. So feel free to call us at any point. If, if we're not calling you, feel free to call us. Yeah. And we're pretty sure we will be able to tell you what we want you to do on that thing. And don't worry, we will be calling you. <laughs> and, and don't worry, I'm pretty sure you won't have to call us. But if there are reasons, whatever, yeah. my cell phone died, you just track us down, we'll tell you. So, <laughs> So, so very often individual progressive groups, it's a pretty narrow, it's not that it's not important, but it's a pretty narrow set of all the things elected officials do every day, which is why having a collaboration across those issues mm -hmm. can really enable that is supporting candidates to get elected and then helping them to govern actually can help them because it's like, well, actually, we know you do like a thousand things every day. Mm -hmm. Each of us only cares about 25 of, or maybe 50 of those things. But across all of us, we can help inform you on most of those things. And if there's something that you, elected official, wants to tell us that you're doing that's important that we have never brought up. So it should be, it needs to be symmetric, not asymmetric. A lot of times it's also true that the elected officials have insight into the parts of government that require progressive intervention that the groups don't necessarily see. So it is, it is important that the groups are also listening, listening to the electors, not just telling them to do stuff. Right. I, I, I like to say it goes both ways, right? You're not just a taker. You have to give value too, right? Yeah. yeah. And the more you do that, the more you're building the relationship and the trust. And over time, you're, you're solid now. Like, you know, right. we may not agree 100% because we're never going to. But I have your back and you have mine because we have this relationship. Right. 
Right. And I feel like it's important to remember in places where say, you know, they're not progressive governance there, the boards are pretty bad or, or okay, that there's still this concept of helping to govern, which you told me about and has wildly intrigued me because I, I hadn't thought of it using those terms, but I think it's, it's exactly right. How it, can an organization right now, while they're building infrastructure and doing all these things, what should they be doing to help to govern? So we find that there's elected officials do disappointing things all the time. The simplest way to think about it is that every single one of them all the time sucks. I would say for left organizers, that's basically our assumption. Well, they do something that sucks. That means they suck and they suck all the time. And right. I'd say I'm not in any of that. Yeah. <laughs> but actually a lot of times things don't get done. It's not actually necessarily the elected officials for, fault. There's most pieces of government are not the elected officials not elected officials. Mm -hmm. Significant parts of government actually don't really listen to the elected officials, actually. And the elected officials don't all, don't, certainly don't know most of what government is doing. So I think groups should feel um, responsible, not solely responsible, but responsible for getting government to work better, not just holding people accountable, but actually the goal is to, the outcome is better governance for vulnerable and oppressed folks. And so a lot of times that will mean actually strategizing with either allies or folks who are more like tactical short-term allies to figure out, well, what would it take for the outcome to be better? Not just demanding that it is better. Yeah. Part of, I guess, what we've learned now doing this electoral work and the progressive governing work is sometimes the elected officials like don't actually know how to do the thing. Do all the elected officials know what a capital budget is? Right, right. Do they actually know Robert's rules of order? Do they know when, whatever are the things that you're focusing on, when the state and local renewals of that thing is, mm -hmm. is it in this term of their, is it this year? Is it in this term of their office? Is it in the next term of their office? So if you want them to defund the police, that requires either breaking the contract, which mostly we would be mad if government broke labor contracts, mm -hmm. or so that's not likely to happen or it requires knowing when the contract is up and having a majority vote in the jurisdictional body when the contract is up so that the jurisdiction directs the negotiators a different way. Mm -hmm. um, and the same might be true on a, if there's an incinerator or a nuclear power, whatever, whatever. Right. Right. So, so understanding the time frame, we all want things now, but not you can't do all the things now. Sometimes you, signed a contract that you would not then that said that you would not do things now the next time you're going to do them is in a certain number of years so thinking through well what's the time frame rather than saying well we want you to nevertheless do it now understanding what the broad time frame is and yeah. the restraints yeah and saying okay so let's have a multi-year plan so i guess part of my suggestion would be if you don't have a multi-year plan you actually don't if your plans are always now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then you actually don't have a plan so you have a multi-year plan that is at least as long as that person's term, because they're mm -hmm. thinking of at least the current term, unless they're planning to resign, never mind however many terms they consider. Right, right. Giving them that plan of like, we're going to do this now and this there, and then I know that you're up for re-election then, so we're going to do these kind of things to make right. it easy for you to get right. re-elected, and then after that, that's actually um, talking the way that those 
elected officials are thinking about. Are thinking, that's right. Thinking, um, that's and right. showing that you actually, you actually know how things get done. So then they can trust that you're giving them good advice that's good for the world and also for them. Right. <laughs> so you can't ask people to every time jump on the grenade. Yeah. Every single time. It's like, there's yeah. a grenade. You got to jump with there. there. Yeah. Eventually yeah. they're like, well, why are the grenades always on and, the And then if they don't jump on it, they're a public enemy number one. Right. 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 They rise to the top of being the worst, worse than the people who were never meeting with you. <laughs> you know, that's, that's yeah. 75% of a loaf is still, you know, partially a loaf. And you're working towards 100, but you're almost never going to get the 100. If you have no loaf, you're not going to get the full loaf. Yeah. That's not the next thing after no loaf. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, no, no, no to full doesn't happen. Right. I mean, even on the other side, it rarely happens. So, so it is a lot of the stuff is incremental unless you can do big changes. So in San Diego, they went from four to one Trump Republicans to three to Democrats. And actually they are empowered to fully robustly govern. Now they ran on, there will be a big change. Yes, that's right. People might be mad. They had done all that work to get there, right? Did the work so that they could get to the point where they could run and say, "We're going to have big changes," and then win, promising changes. And now they have to, in order to get reelected, they have to actually deliver on either those or proximate other big changes, right? And they might be able to explain, "We weren't able to do this because when we ran, there wasn't COVID," (laughs) you know, and like. Things came up and we, right. okay, so people be like, okay, I understand that you have promised these things, but you couldn't do those things because you had to do COVID things. I understand, good, but it, as long as it's consistent, right? Um, you're doing these things on our behalf, right. things that we had seen coming and then there's these random things that happen, but we have no doubt that you're fighting on our behalf. That's how you want the electorate to perceive elected officials. And the best way to have that is that it is true. We want to oh, make that, that always helps. <laughs> right, right. So we want to make that true and help the elected well, officials. And, right. And if you're out there, you know, asking people to vote for an elected, you you know, you're doing GOTV, you want to have these like, yeah, hey, here, here's real, why. I'm not just making right. up stories here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, in the San Diego thing, I'd say that they had different strategies when they were trying to elect the first Democrat to the board of supervisors. It's like, well, all you can promise is that you will fight the power, but you will probably never win because you will have to get yeah. half the, so yeah. you're one out of five you're going to get half the republicans if you do that it's probably not going to be that great yeah i mean you still might do it but you you're not going to be able to run on, on that so he ran like yeah i'm going to make it transparent i'm going to make sure that your issues come up i'm going to make sure all these things and then he par- kind of had a hook and then in order to accomplish the things we need to do it's you're going to need more than just me yeah it's yeah not not, yeah. not like and it wouldn't be someone else besides me it's you're going to need three out of five, not yeah. one. Out of five. Right. So you, right. So when you're thinking of taking over jurisdiction, what you expect, what, what you, what you would have them run on, whether they're running as a candidate or you doing the IE and then what they're saying while they're governing should be different because if you're the one, maybe you should just, I would prefer another analogy, but just throw bombs. Maybe you should just. Your role is a different power. role at that point. Right, right. Right. You're actually not trying to pass it. That's right. Now, if it's a three, two, and you're one of the three, you should not be doing that. You should be negotiating with the other two and passing stuff. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And building a coalition with the fourth, if you can. Right. 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 Like figuring out how you always have three to pass the thing that needs to happen. Always. 
So, and so that is uh, that kind of code switching is hard for an individual human to do. It might be hard for organizations to, to do like, well, we used to ask for these kind of things and now we're asking for these kind of things, but the reality changes. And you're like, well, before we would ask for those things because we were getting nothing and we asked for those things so we could beat a couple of the other people. Right, right. So we get close to the point where we could actually get real things, right? So, right. so it's just being thoughtful where you yeah. are in the process and yeah. where potential allies are and then tr- being, ex- being transparent around how you have significant overlaps. I love what you're saying because it is pointing to the reality that governance is messy it's complicated. It's never as simple as just do this because there's 5,000 reasons why you can't do it. And that you have to almost, you have to be okay with that. And you have to explain to your constituents where it's not, it's not if A, then B, then C. It's if A, we jump to Z, C, but next year's an election year. We got to go back to B because we got to make sure we keep getting elected again, right? And those type of chess considerations. And here's the reality, right? People tend to think of politics as like this world that they're not a part of, but we all live in politics every day. I mean, right. our lives are politics. So, you know, it, the concept of thinking this way about your community and how you can build community power, you may not be doing it at the moment, but you are 100% capable of doing it. hundred first, you're in it. So you're either at the table or on the table. So you're mm. not. Mm-hmm. sit get off the table and sit on the chair <laughs> um, um, one two you you quickly go from not knowing a lot to knowing a lot part of knowing a lot is you realize that actually the other people they don't actually know that much actually so once you start really sitting in on the council meetings and other stuff you realize <laughs> you're like wait a minute oh oh i, I <laughs> thought that you oh gotcha so i oh, mean that's so funny so, so some yeah. of it is sure you want to feel empowered but it's like what's the curve of your empowerment yeah. and so part of the empowerment is like when you're feeling that you're mediocre your mother says you're more than mediocre okay fine but actually a bunch of the other people they're mediocre so wow. actually your mediocre self you that's right be with there with them mediocre even that's if you're, right even that's if you're right. actually true and you you sadly despite what your uncle told you you are mediocre they are definitely Yes. And it just takes a few hours or sometimes it would take just five minutes. <laughs> you can't be like, wait a minute. And you listen, you're like, oh, you definitely don't know what you're doing. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, so I love it. I don't, so yeah, so in a variety of jobs, including this one, part of, part of the inspiration or the encouragement to get people to like try to take power and things like that is, right. oh, just sit in on the meeting and then tell right. me whether you think like, is it merit-based? Do you right. feel like right it is do you feel like oh yeah it makes sense that they're right whether you agree with them or not but like do you feel like right you had a car are they the expert driver you're like oh yeah you you should be the one to do it. or do you feel like oh let me take those keys i, I know don't know how to drive. yeah right. totally but you in the back seat the rest of us we're going to figure something out totally so, so yeah so you should feel empowered and everything and if that doesn't work they're actually not that good <laughs> so you don't have to be that you want to get to good, but you don't have to wait till you get to really good to start. Yeah. You could start with as mediocre as you are now. You you know, there's so much, there's so much there. It's the whole concept of, you know, what what is it? Women tend to not apply for jobs unless they're like 110% qualified. You know, these people are allowed to be mediocre because no one's challenging them to not be mediocre. Right. Right. And, And they keep getting away with it because there's no reason they can't. And so just being a block 
<laughs> to mediocrity. Yeah. Making it a little bit harder. Dang revolutionary sometimes. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. uh, now, especially that things are, because of COVID, a lot of the th hearings are online and stuff. So you can actually sit in. Yeah. A lot of the inspiration, at least during COVID, has been that more people have been able to sit in on these government meetings because they don't have to physically, they can do it from home. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they realize how bad, not just ideologically, but competent wise, bad their elected officials are. Yeah. And then you think, well, I could do at least that. Right. <laughs> like right. I would, and I would try. I would, I would at least try. I don't feel like you're even really trying. Yeah. Not, I don't mean yeah. trying for me. You're not trying yeah. like in general. You're not trying. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. And then obviously there's trainings and you can be, learn what a budget is and like all that logistical stuff. I'm not saying it's easy, but like it is, that's just learning. Yeah. Um, but, but folks should feel confident that they can know all the things that are need to be known. Yes. Yes. Uh, They're equipped to learn it. They just need to do it. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. There is so much value in our conversation. I can't even stand it. And I want to be respectful of your time. So parting words, what is one actionable tip that you will, you know, can you give to folks listening when they hit stop on their iPhone, what should they do now? Um, First, take any concrete action. One concrete action would be thinking through what is the jurisdiction? What, what do you want? And what is the body, the government body that can do that? And then do a power analysis. Like, well, why, why is that? Why is what's happening now happening? And mm. what would take to be different for the thing you want to have happen? And what role, what responsibility could you have in that? What role and responsibility could you have? And are there any other allies who could have either the same or preferably other responsibilities to make that happen? And so how can you have a team of folks who are responsible for most of what needs to happen? And it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. <laughs> Meaning you and your allies figuring out your lanes, doing that, you know, mm -hmm. it's gonna take a while and feeling that it can actually happen. Mm -hmm. the folks in OC, when we arrived in 2009 and the folks in San Diego, they weren't saying, oh yeah, we want to have every congressional seat be democratic. We want to have the most progressive board of supervisors in the state, right? right. San Francisco, which is really a city. We want to have right. the second most, like that was, they're like, well, you know, we have one of the most xenophobic uh, Congress right. in the country yeah. and that his son is running for other things. And we have all kind of bad people yeah. in San Diego. They had some of the top elected queer folks in the country who were right-wing. They had some of the top elected lesbians in the country who were right-wing. They had a diverse set of right-wing people. <laughs> you know, I was like, we're, we're, we're kind of okay with diversity. We need actually better people, not mm -hmm, mm -hmm. different kinds of people who are just as bad. Yeah. So, so it does take some vision and some trust and also just some guts. If, if the trust isn't long enough, then guts to just jump anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, look out for us or other funded folks to try to support you, supercharge your capacity to do that. Sorry, that was more than one. No, but no, no. The one thing would reason. be, you could actually do it because all yeah. the other stuff that you think is amazing, Stacey Abrams started as a young African-American, single woman, minority state legislator. A few donors, including our lead donors invested in her. And then 15 years after that, all of you heard of her. But she did not start with Oprah That's as her right. friend. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that was more than 10 years. That's right. So you could get there. You, you don't, Oprah doesn't ever need to be a friend, but you could get there. But don't worry, because you're not starting there, because no, 
most of whatever starts there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, this is super. Thank you so much. Anything you want to share in terms of your organization or sure, you know, folks how folks can look us up, California Donor Table and California Donor Table Fund. We have websites. Folks can reach out to us. Again, they should look in their regions for groups like Inland Empire United and the Orange County Civic Engagement Table and Lift Up Contra Costa and Communities for a New California in the Central Valley. So there's groups on the doing side that are in most regions that folks can connect with to get on the on-ramp to be figuring this stuff out collectively with the other folks in your region that are. That's great. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you very much. Thanks for having uh, me on and thanks for all the great work you do as well. Thank you. Awesome. If you like the content of this show, please join my text community. I promise no spam. All you need to do is send a text to 916-507-2144 to learn more about me and KBH advocacy Check the show notes. You'll see the web address as well as social media. Would love to hear from you. Take care.